This is the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance with me, Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm a dental-specific CPA. My CPA practice is located in Southern California, probably about 15 minutes from Mickey and Donald and all his friends at Disneyland. Uh, I'm also a proud member of the National Academy of Dental CPAs, 24 amazing CPA firms that represent over 9,000 dentists all over the United States of America. And boy, guys, I have a real special treat for you. One of the things I've talked about on this show many, many times uh, are the um, the three things that I think make a dentist successful. Um, one of them is learning how to talk to your patients. The second one is uh, having you know the the top of the line equipment. But I think maybe one of the most important things uh, that a dentist's success is based on is their training and their continuing education after they leave dental school. Uh, my guest today is Johnny Coyce. Johnny Coyce is the CEO of the Coyce Center in Seattle, Washington. Now, um, unless you've been hiding under a rock for your dental career, uh, Johnny's father, John, Dr. John Coyce, who is an actually a practicing dentist and has his own practice in Washington State, um, uh, is an iconic uh, teacher and lecturer all over the country and all over the world. And the Coyce Center is one of the most amazing places that you will ever go. And we're going to learn about the Coyce Center, but not only about the Coyce Center, but what young dentists and not only young dentists, but uh, middle-aged dentists, older dentists should be doing for continued education and and practice and all of that stuff. So um, I've, I've researched the Coyce Center. I've known about them for many, many years. I'm about to tell you a, a really good story about the Coyce Center. Um but um, in some of the things I found, uh, the three core concepts that students learn at courses at the Coy Center are first, um, how to use a risk-based decision-making protocol in their work. Number two is where teeth should be uh, positioned in the face for optimum aesthetics. And thirdly, how to enable proper tooth function with minimal adverse um Effects. So basically, uh, this, uh, the Coyce Center, if you don't know much about them, uh, they're a very research based uh, organization. I mean, Dr. Coyce is on the cutting edge of dental research, has been for many, many years, and Johnny will talk about that. But I, I do want to tell a story of actually how I learned about the Coyce Center. So, uh, and actually how I was introduced to, to Johnny. So, one of my long term clients in Orange County, uh, his name is Dr. Scott Rice. Dr. Rice practices with his son, Taylor, uh, in Orange County. Um, And Dr. Rice has been a CPA client of mine for years. And um, when I went over his numbers with him, and this is, gosh, this is probably 15 or 20 years ago. um, I I said, you know, Scott, by the way, you know, you you seem to be very invested in continuing education. I see a lot of, you know, I'm going through his numbers, checks to the the Koi Center and charges on your credit card. I, I said, you know, I, I, I've heard the name. I don't really know much about them. So 
I, I want to go to lunch with you. I want to learn about this. So Scott and I went to a Coco's. I will never forget this story. So we went to a Coco's. And, and you have to understand, Dr. Scott Rice is one of the most clinically talented dentists, has one of the best reputations in Orange County, probably in, in the state, maybe in the country, um, of any dentist. He, he is as good as it gets clinically, case presentation, communicating, and, and also just one of the truly nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. And and he's brought his son Taylor into the practice. So we, so we go to lunch, we go to Coco's, and, and, and Scott is a very quiet man. He, he's not uh, he, he's not boisterous. Maybe a little like me. He's he, his personality is is more quiet. And um, so I said I said so tell me about this Coice Center. And he says and, and remember th- this is a very quiet. And he's sitting there, and we you know we were chit chatting, and then suddenly. I thought he was going to get up and start dancing in the middle of the aisle because he starts flailing his arms. He says, Art, you've got to understand everything that Dr. Coyce teaches is about fit and function and, and what's best for the patients. And he's at the cutting edge. I, I swear, I thought he was going to pull out a musical instrument and start dancing. And and then I started researching and 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 I found out that some of my other clients were um, Coyce uh, students. And, and we'll talk about the Coyce mentorship program here. And the more I learned about it, the more I said, this is an amazing, amazing place. So uh, that that's kind of my intro to talk about the Koi Center. And again, this is, I, I do not, if you have been listening to my podcast, uh, this is not a paid announcement. I don't need to do that. The Koi Center certainly does not need my podcast because everybody knows who they are. But um, what I do want to do is I want to introduce Johnny Koi. So Johnny is the has been the CEO of the Koi Center for four and a half years. Uh, prior to that, Johnny was the CFO of a company called Isofusion, which was a data center company. He did that for 15 years. Um, he's a graduate of American University. Uh, he got his MBA degree at the University of Washington. And uh, this is certainly a family affair because uh, uh, Dr. Koi obviously is a practicing dentist, uh, Dr. Coyce's uh, son, Johnny's brother, Dean, is a prosthodontist and also a faculty member at the Coyce Center. Um, uh, his sister-in-law, Tara, is a dentist. And um, actually, his father-in-law is a dentist also. So uh, there's lots of dentists running around in the Coyce family. So Johnny Coyce, uh, who is not a dentist but is a very smart guy, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance. Thanks, Art. I really appreciate the introduction um, and all, all the kind words you said, and I'm really happy to be here. So um, you and I were chatting before the show. In fact, you have an interesting story. Didn't you meet your wife at the Koi Center? I, it's funny. We, we do an annual meeting in July, uh, our symposium, where we invite anybody who's uh, a graduate of our program to come back uh, and, and, get in, and go through all of the updated research that's been published in the last year. And uh, my wife's father, Dr. Doug Thompson, uh, has been a member for, for years and years and years. And uh, he would bring his family uh, because the, the, the symposium is a family that there's a there's a spouse program, a kids program, and people are encouraged to to make it a big family trip. And o- over the time, I got to know his daughter, and uh, that's how we met through through the Koi Center. Oh wow, that's interesting. Have you had any other um, husband wife uh, meetings at the Koi Center that you know of? Yeah, we have. Uh, there's been uh, we we've had an engagement. An actual proposal in the Koi Center. No, I love that. <laughs> uh, but there's there's probably at least a half dozen of uh, people that we know that have have met, you know, sitting side by side during courses, and and now are are 
are together. So that's that's great. So I'm not going to say, by the way, um, Koi Center in Seattle, great clinical dentistry, and you might be able to meet your future spouse there. No, I don't think we want to say that. But um, uh, I, I, I do know that a lot of my clients, we, we have many um, uh, spouses that practice uh, that are both dentists, and um, a lot of them meet in dental school, so it kind of makes sense uh, about that. So anyway, um, you had you had also, I had mentioned uh, Dr. Rice and his journey with Taylor. You had uh, an interesting uh, tidbit about that. Why don't you share that? Yeah, there was, um, uh, uh, Dr. Scott had, had brought his son Taylor to uh, out to, to, to watch a surgery uh, at the quiz center that we were doing that we were filming for one of our courses. Uh, and the surgery took, I don't know, a couple hours. And uh, at the end of the surgery, uh, Taylor had come to the decision to go to dental school. Uh, so it was at the center that he decided that his career would be as a dentist. Uh, and it, it's fun. You know, my dad likes to remind people of that and tell that story during the course just before we play that video for every time we play that video. Uh, and it's been it's been really wonderful to watch Taylor go through school. Now he's been he's come through the the quiz center and taken our courses as well. And and they just recently uh, published uh, a paper together, uh, which oh. we were thrilled about. I, I didn't know that. So I I've met Taylor several times. And um, uh, the first time I met him, I met him at a restaurant. It was Scott and I and Taylor and uh, Rich Coffrin, who uh, Rich is a dear friend of mine in dentistry. Uh, I've got so many great friends in the profession. Rich is with Henry Schein. Um, he's worked with Scott and Taylor in their practice as their um, uh, supply uh, supply rep and uh, also mentoring and all that kind of stuff for, for many, many, many years. And the first time I, I, I met Taylor, I, I said, young man, uh, I, I don't know if you know how fortunate you are uh, that your dad is who he is and that you're going to get to take the same journey um, through the Koi Center that that he did, and and it's probably going to be a little different because it's you know years later, and and he just looked at me and he said, yeah, I I think I get it, I I you know because a lot of dentists out there they they go to work for uh, the national chain dental groups or big uh, group practices and and they don't they don't they don't know what they don't know, so it's it's interesting. So Johnny, tell me a little bit about your journey, your dad's journey, how the Koi Center was formed, a little bit of the history. Why don't you go there? Sure. So, um, my, my dad always had a, a love for, for teaching. He was in the, the, the military, uh, before he had his practice, he was in the air force, uh, and he was, uh, in charge of, um, some of the education in, in the air force for the dentist there. And when he got out, he, he really realized that he missed that and, and wanted to continue to teach. So he established the Coy center about 25 years ago, and that was in Fife, Washington. And at the time it was, in his break room of his practice, you know, six, eight dentists would come every couple times a year to start to do the, go through the curriculum. And over the, the course of the next 25 years, it's obviously built uh, quite a bit since then. And about five and a half years ago, it, it started to get to a point where he was looking to bring somebody else in. I see. When you, when you say bring somebody else in, what, what are you referring to? Yeah. So, um, that was at a point where the, the center was big enough that he, he couldn't, he didn't feel that he could contribute enough effort into both the material going into the courses and to managing the Koi Center as a business properly. So, so then he said, you know, that's why I had children. So let's pick one of them 
And you are not a dentist, uh, whereas the rest of your family are dentists. So you were a logical choice. Well, he, well, the first time he asked me, I said no. Really? Why, why did you say no? You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure to go into a, a family business. And there's a high expectations. And, you know, the, the people look at us as a, as a group and organization and see there's the dentists come in, come out. But there's, there are people like uh, the Rices who have been a part of the center since it started 25 years ago. And they've, they've watched me grow up, essentially. So when whenever I do anything, whenever I, I look at the Koi Center, it, it's almost like looking at a room full of parents. <laughs> yeah, and the, the other thing we talk about when we talk about hiring family members, whether it's in a dental practice, an accounting practice, or in a, a continuing education company, uh, don't hire someone you can't fire, right? Yeah, if, if, or or you tell him you tell him that um, if you fire me you'll you'll never see you have a a ten month old uh, daughter I understand is that right I do I do and um, so uh, my 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 whole thing with my mother is anytime she annoyed me I'd say okay um, every time you annoy me it'll be another year before you see your grandchildren and then she would stop annoying me for a while that, that's just kind of how it worked I I loved my mother and I I do miss her a lot but um, isn't being a parent the best job in the whole world it's it's wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm really, glad. Really appreciate it. And God bless you for your for your daughter and 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 your wife and and your whole family and what you do for dentistry. So let's let's start talking about uh, some of what you guys do. So it's my understanding, Johnny, that the the Koi Center is the only continuing education center for dentists that conducts and publishes its own research. So w- talk about that. Why it's important. What you do. T- talk about what you do. Sure. So you know there are concepts that my dad comes up and he comes up with the concepts himself. He's the, the brainchild for all the ideas and the research behind them. So we have a, a research director uh, that, that will carry out some of our research projects. And the, these are, these are ways of looking at materials, ways of looking at products um, that are a little different than maybe some of the published articles that are out there. Um, you know, a lot of the, the research that's out there, there is a, a sponsor behind them. And the hope is to get some favorable press for their. their ah, I see. Our hope was to just look at things as as a, as a neutral party, and and publish the, the research that way. Since we don't take any sponsorships, uh, we just want to help people determine what's the best out there, uh, and and that's what we hope to do. So, does your dad do this all by himself? Does he have a a research team of other dentists? What and, and what kind of resources is he using? To, to, to do this research? Is he, is he have a lab that he's actually going in? Is he doing it in his practice? How does this work? Yeah, we have a, a research director that has access to a, a university setting uh, for some of the research, but some of the research is done by other dentists that we have, and we establish a, a, a platform and a, a, to go through and systematically conduct the, the research. Uh, we have product advisors that help us identify products that we should look into further. Uh, so there's a, a couple different places, and my, my my dad certainly has help on some of those. Oh, that, that that's great. So, tell me, kind of give me the the thirty five thousand foot view of the of the courses and the curriculum, and you know, so if if someone is listening to this for the first time, and folks, let me let me tell you, um, I hope that from this podcast, especially the younger dentists out there, uh, that you and, and we'll let Johnny give his information out in a minute. Um, about how you can get in, in touch with the, the folks at the Koi Center. But, um, you know, look into what they do. 
take one of their courses. And again, Dr. Coyce, is, his, his lecture schedule is pretty busy, huh, Johnny? It is. Well, less so now as we, we do more courses at the center, he's just has less opportunity to travel outside the, of Seattle. Right. So, so if you get an opportunity to, um, to, to go see Dr. Coyce at the ADA, the Hinman, the, um, uh, the CDA, wherever he's lecturing, or if, if he comes to your area, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to go listen to him and, and just come up to Seattle. Seattle's a beautiful place. It's a, God, I've had some of the best seafood I've ever had in my life in Seattle. It's really good. Uh, they have a fish market, I guess, in Seattle where you can actually throw fish with your friends, right? That, that's true. They, <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, it's frowned upon unless you're actually purchasing the fish, but yes, you're, you can throw them. All right. Well, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll buy a fish when we go up there. But anyway, so I'd encourage you to go, go, go up there. So talk a little bit about the courses. You know, if somebody came up, somebody called you up, Johnny, and said, Hey, listen, I heard this podcast with, uh, uh, Art Wiederman and Johnny Coyce, and and I want to learn about what would be like. Where would you start somebody if they wanted to start uh, learning from you guys? We always recommend people start at the beginning. That's, so we have, uh, <laughs> that was I should have known the answer. Yeah, I I should not ask questions I know the answer of. But um, you're very very logical. You were a CFO. You and I are financial guys. I get it. So start at the beginning. Yeah, we we have uh, the 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 program is 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 designed to be a curriculum. Uh, and a curriculum, uh, a graduate program for practicing dentists. Uh, that's the whole point of it. And every course builds on itself. And the most important two we, we have featured as a, as a five-day course. That would be our treatment planning and our, our functional occlusion courses. Those are the foundational courses. And the first place that uh, somebody would be introduced to our system of, of treating patients. So a treatment planning course, how long would that last? Uh as a, as a standalone course, it would be three 10-hour days. Uh, in, in the five-day program, it, where it's treatment planning and functional occlusion, those are both three-day courses. We have their five 11-hour days, if you can believe that. And, and they, they do last 11 hours. So very long days and, and a lot of information. And I noticed on your website that there are usually no more than 30, 35 people in a class. Or what's the average class size? Yeah, thirty-seven people would be our average. Oh, that's your uh, average. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the max, and it's they're usually full. Um, so it wants to be in the average. The uh, and and we didn't want to be so big that we couldn't make a connection with our students. Uh, you know, when you come here, the to do a system like this is a very different way to practice for a lot of people, and we want to make sure we maximize the amount of support we're able to give to every single every single student that comes here. Everybody here. Is important. Now, obviously, you're not going to have 37 students working on 37 live patients, but uh, uh, this is interactive. And so, um, uh, let's say, let's start with your first course that you were talking about. How, where would you give give us kind of a little example of how those three days might go? Yeah. So, our treatment planning course uh, starts with introducing our our risk based system. Uh, so, our system is all backed in science and works 100% of the time for all patients. So that's, a, that's our, our foundation. Uh, and then we get into uh, how the teeth fit in the face and, and proper photography for data collection. So w- w- where you can, you know, how to, how to maximize your time in the chair. Because for a, a dentist, the one thing we always want to respect is their workflow. And if they're not, if they're not being productive at the chair, they're, they're wasting chair time. That's never something we want to step on. 
Um, so when we talk about taking photos for, for data collection, uh, it, it's to do it on, a, on an analytical basis. It's not, these are not your, your, your Instagram selfie smiles. This is to use for your treatment planning later. And how do you do that efficiently and, and get the maximum amount of information out of each step you take? Oh, I know one of my, one of my dear friends in dentistry, Pam Struther and her, uh, she does a lot of work with a gentleman named Len Bucko who does digital photography. And I actually got to see Len pre- um, uh, present one time and, and, and I see what my clients spend on digital cameras. So this, this is not your little, um, um, you know, iPhone, uh, camera that you're going to kind of post on Instagram. Th- these are very serious, high end digital cameras that you work with, right? No, not, well, no, not for us, not for these. You can do them with a, an iPhone. Um, and there, I, I have to say that there are some dentists out there that are extremely talented, uh, photographers. Okay. Uh, the, the type of work that you're seeing over there is just amazing with the shading and the, the light control. Um, this is more on an analytical basis. This is measuring the teeth. This is uh, where, where do the teeth fit in relation to the rest of the face? Are they, you know, right on the midline? Are they shifted a little bit? It's, it's maximizing the amount of, of communication you can do with a photo. Okay. So I'm sure you get young dentists that come uh, to your, your courses. Talk about, you know, may, I'll ask your opinion about, you know, the dental schools today. They're turning out, you know, dentists. And uh, we have about, I think it's like 6,000 dentists graduating every year from United States dental schools. And um, how has the the skill set of dentists changed over the years? And what are you seeing when they come to you? Do you see that they are at the top of the game, that they need a lot of help or maybe a little bit of both? You know, obviously, I'm, I'm not a dentist. I can't, I can't speak to their, their, their clinical skills. I can just tell you what dentists say when they come here. Sure. Uh, and that the, the dentists that come, they, you know, they're, they're very excited to, to, to do something in, in the world and make their mark and, and have a practice. But uh, they're not always sure where to start. Um, you know, dental school is a, a great baseline for people, a great foundation. Uh, for a career, but a lot of people find when they come out of that that it's not enough. So we're we're hopeful that uh, our our courses give them a, an extra boost in confidence to to really uh, make a difference. Okay. Now um, I know that you have a course uh, that that many of your dentists, Doctor Rice included, and I assume that I, if Taylor isn't there, he will get there at some point. Um, become course mentors. How does that program yeah. work? So once they've graduated from the uh, in all of our courses and become a graduate, uh, they have an opportunity to take the mentor exam. So it's a year-long process. They go through a written exam, an oral presentation of a case, and the purpose of the exam is, is not to demonstrate the, the quality of their work so much as their a demonstration of the principles taught at the quiz center because the purpose of the mentors that come here and the clinical instructors is to help the students in the course. The people that become mentors and clinical instructors love what they're doing here uh, and are excited to give back. That's a that's something we we encourage, um, and they they're just so happy to be here and, and share what what they've learned over their experience. So a course mentor is gonna they, they they go through the year program, they get their designation, if you will. And then you will invite them back maybe once or twice a year or, or maybe more, I don't know, um, to come in and work with Dr. Coyce in some of the courses. Is that how that works? Yeah, they volunteer their time. So it's not a paid position. Okay. Uh, and they, they find up on their own dime to, to, to be part of the course and participate and, and help during the courses. And 
we, we offer them to come back as much as they'd like. I see. That, that's great. So how do you pick your faculty? How many faculty members do you have and what do they do? Yeah, we have four. Uh, we have uh, my brother, Dean Coyes, uh, Dr. Doug Thompson, uh, and uh, Dr. Betsy Bakeman, and Dr. Uh, Michael Fessman are four faculty. Uh, and they're all clinical instructors with the Coy Center. So they, they have the, they're the ones that are, have demonstrated their, their skill set uh, uh, at a higher level than what the mentors have done. And they also have contributed information into the courses. So the faculty actually participate in the, the, the lecture itself, and they are presenters, and they do a section of the course. I see. Do, do you guys keep track of your dentists as far as, you know, when they came to the course, what they were doing in their practices, and then when they leave and how their practices have grown? Do you ever keep any of those types of statistics? Nothing official, but we certainly love to hear from participants when they come back. Uh, at our Many times at our annual symposium, we'll hear from dentists that have uh, started to implement some of our concepts, and they tell us about how those have affected their practice. And we always appreciate hearing about that. It's it's nice to hear the the, the end result. So, do your courses build on each other? Like um, uh, you start with the first two you mentioned, and then uh, how do they kind of build on each other? It, it, there's, a, I'm assuming, there's a method to your madness. It, there is, and the, the hardest part is establishing the foundation and and all the boxes, and that's the the toughest part is is explaining and introducing the system. Then it starts to get a little easier in the sense that once you have the system in place, you can build on it. So that's what the upper level courses do when you get into a restorative perio or a biomechanics course, which as a business per- person happens to be my favorite. This is uh, how much money does each procedure cost you? How exactly are you doing this to maximize your time? Those are really exciting concepts that you can't do unless you have an established system in your practice. Oh, you just got my attention because I'm the business guy. So talk about the business. Talk a little more about that course. So is it a particular course that centers on the numbers of uh, the profitability of, of certain procedures? Is is that what that is? It, it goes through the, 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 the mechanical, the how versus the why uh, of, of doing certain procedures a certain way. But we get into then, this is where a lot of our research comes into play of how much does how much uh, cement is left in the tip uh, when when you see the crown, you know, versus a you know molar versus an incisor. So, it, you know, to, to really get a, a handle of what your your profit margin is per course and if it makes sense to do a different size tip uh, for certain procedures, does it make a difference to use the 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 manufacturer's recommended process or can you take some uh, steps and do something a better way? Well, the, the manufacturer's recommended process is probably going to require you to use more materials, I would think. <laughs> this is a capitalist country, from what I've heard. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, for but for instance, some things people don't think about is when you're using um, um, articulating paper and you have several different colors, you have more than one articulating holder to, 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 to hold the, the articulating paper. So you're not watching your assistant change articulating paper as you go back and forth between them. I, I see. And um, I'm guessing that there's probably, do you guys talk about labs to because to, to, the work you're doing, the, the, that your, 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 um, your doctors are doing who learn from you are, is high-end work. So they, they need to 
They're not going to use a lab that's going to charge $50 a unit. I'm being facetious. So do you talk to them about what, you know, what a good lab is, what a bad lab is, how to, how to pick one and all that stuff? Um, we, we don't, uh, but what we do do is, 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 uh, explain to the dentist that they're running the, the show. It's their patient. And you're, you're allowed to ask for exactly what you want from a lab. Uh, and we, we've had many lab technicians that have gone through uh, our courses and become recognized specialists with us. Uh, and they, they get it. So a lot of times what we hear is frustration from dentists who come here and want to do the kind of work that, that we talk about in the course. And it's not until they, they get their laboratory technicians on board that they can really take their dentistry to the next level. So that, that participation with the lab techs is always very important. That, that That's really important. So, so folks, and we're going to get, we're going to get into a lot more detail about, you know, what's successful for dentists and what's not in the, the remainder of our show. But uh, Johnny, what I'd like to do is I'd like to have you uh, give out the information about the Koi Center, how, if, uh, again, those one or two out of the 180,000 dentists in the United States who don't know who your your dad is and who the Koi Center is, um, if, if they want to learn more about how would they get a hold of you if they wanted to look at your courses, website. Uh, so give out the contact information for the center, please. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, the, the website is www.koicenter.com, and we're on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, all under Koi Center. So it's at Koi Center for all of them. And, and the Koi Center is giving courses uh, year-round pretty much? Pretty much. We, we do courses from January till about mid-June, uh, and then we, the summertime we reserve for our symposium where we have to it's – it's a lot of work to put in. That's where we create all our new material uh, that's presented during the third week of July, and then we start back up with courses right around Labor Day through the end of the year. So talk about your symposium. Uh, how many dentists come to that? Is it a day, two days, and what happens at that? Sure. Yeah, it's a three-day event, um, okay. and we usually have about 450 dentists that come here. It's uh, just dentists, that's not staff, and it's a closed meeting in the sense that we don't have any vendors, any any sponsor support. It, it's just about the focus is on the material uh, and, and what's new and what's changed and, and how can we help uh, the dentist become better. Wow, fantastic. Johnny, I'm going to take a, a, a quick break and just give a little information about us and our podcast before we go back to the the discussion. Um, if you want to get a hold of me in Southern California, I'm at 714-259-0505. Uh, our website is www.hmwccpa.com. Go to the resource link. Go to the podcast link. Um, this podcast will be uh, up on the internet in late October. So you'll be able to see uh, pick pick up Johnny's uh, interview with me as well as all the other interviews we've done. Um, if you are if you want to email me, I'm at artweederman at gmail.com. And if you're looking for a dental specific CPA anywhere in the United States, go to our website of the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.com. Johnny, let's talk about young dentists. I really want to talk to the young dentists in our audience. Uh, they've come out of school. They're coming out of school with a lot of debt. They're hearing stories about how PPOs rule the world, and and, and a lot of them are going to work for large uh, group practices. Uh, and, and I don't. I've talked about large group practices on this podcast many, many times, and I don't say good or bad. You know, there's a place for everybody in this world. So, 
Let's talk to a young dentist who maybe is getting going in their career. They got a bunch of student loan debt. They're associating maybe somewhere they want to own a practice. What advice can you give to them um, as far as their education goes? Uh, I would say you're to the, to the young dentist, you're, you're not alone. This is, this is how everybody starts. It may not feel that way, um, but you don't have to do it by yourself. You, you're, you're in a position that, you know, six, 8,000 people a, a year are, are, as they graduate dental school are in the same exact position that you're in. And there are people that decide to work for uh, large organizations. There are people that decide to open a practice by either purchasing a practice or just opening the doors uh, of, of a brand new practice. Everybody has their own path. Uh, and it may feel very overwhelming, but that's, that's part of the process. You, you're a professional. You're going to be fine. So, so what are a lot of the reasons why people come to see you as opposed to other organizations? I mean, I know you're, you're research-based, but um, what, what are dentists saying to you that they want to get out of their courses? Because a lot of times before they've come to you, they don't know what this is all about. Sure. Um, well, we're very fortunate that a lot of the dentists that come here um, have been referred by their dentists, either uh, their family members. We, we really enjoy seeing now the second generation of dentists that are coming through and taking over their, the, their, their parents' practice, uh, brothers and sisters in addition to that, or new associates that are uh, going to the practice that require people to take our courses here. We feel very, very fortunate at, that they believe that, that highly in us. Um, but other dentists come here because they're not sure where to go. It's a lot of pressure when you're, you're working with people and, and, and their health. Uh, and having a system that you can rely on uh, helps build some confidence for the for the dentist. Yeah, and, and that's that's the great. Instead of just going to a course on uh, occlusion or TMJ, you, you have an actual system and a and a progression that when a dentist graduates from your you know from and becomes the mentor, they they've got a whole array uh, of things. Um, how do dentists seem to change the way they practice once they've come to you guys? Well, I can tell you that they they appear to be much happier. That's what I've heard, too. Um, You know, uh, one of the things that that is a byproduct of of following a a system is is lower chances of failure and lower chances of problems down the road with your patients. So what we see is, you know, we, we, we focus on always going for what's best for the patient. That might not be what's best financially for the practice, but that's secondary to the well-being of the of the patient. Uh, and what we find is the the, the dentists are, are are making that up um, because they have less emergencies, so their practice might even be a little slower, but they're making the same amount of money. So right. they can choose to keep their practice at that lower pace or try to ramp it up with that extra time. But not having that worry of what's going to happen with this case or you know this emergency. Every I'm sure every dentist that listens to your your podcast has a, a handful of patients that have been just the, the, the it keeps them up at night um, with, with what happens. And we, we try to limit that for people. And that's been a very positive for a lot of people in their career. And, and that, that's, that's great information, Johnny. You know, one of the things I talk to doctors about is I say, you know, when you go to uh, a convention, uh, don't, don't take a course on cutting a crown. You know how to do that. Uh, Take courses on how to communicate with your patients. Do you do anything as far as patient communication in your courses? Uh, we do. 
Um, that's our, our treatment planning courses. Okay. But it's not about selling a case. It's about uh, more on the sense of uh, oral literacy. This is about making sure the patient has enough information to make an educated decision. That, that's right. And, and the thing is, is that what we, what we talk about, and I've talked to dozens of consultants, we've had them on our program, um, is you're not only about the mouth, you're about total, the, the patient's total health, right? Correct. Right. So, you know, again, uh, we always talk about all disease starts in the mouth, and that's why, uh, you know, we have the, the issues with periodontal disease in this country, which is a, I don't know, does your dad see that at, at crisis level? Is it is it not diagnosed? Have you guys talked about, uh, you know, the, the issues with the links between periodontal disease and all kinds of afflictions? Is that is that addressed? Yeah, we do. And in fact, um, uh, uh, Dr. Doug Thompson is also a, a functional, has a fellowship in functional medicine uh, and, and has developed a whole course around that. And it, it starts with the, the, the relationship between periodontal disease and heart disease and, and how uh, keeping a, a better better handle of uh, periodontal health uh, and, and oral health has a, has a, a, a ripple, ripple effect throughout the rest of the body. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to talk about some of the things, some of the other things you guys do. You have a um, compendium magazine, and that your students actually present cases that can be published um, as like the case of the month. Talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, so it's not not our magazine. The Aegis Publications is the publisher of it. Oh, okay. Uh, we have them a. Uh, they they've allowed us to do a a a case of a case of the month. And we usually do about four to six cases a year for that. And um, we, we have a whole uh, editorial board that their sole purpose is to help uh, people that have come to the center be, get published. It's a great learning uh, opportunity for people. Uh, and they'll help you organize your photos and, and, and edit your, your article and your writing and description. Um, but th- that's the whole purpose is to get them to present something uh, and, and publish it. I, I would think that there might be a little friendly competition among all the the students at the Coy Center because what an honor it would be to have your case picked as the as the case. So is, is your dad the one who picks the case that gets published, or is it the magazine? How does that work? Nope. Uh, we have, um, and it's pretty much anybody who has a case that has enough information, enough document documentation is always the the tricky part. You know, everybody wants to take the photos when the, the when the case is complete. Uh, sometimes it's hard to remember to take the photos uh, at the beginning of the, the patient's journey. So if you have uh, all the necessary documentation, uh, we'll certainly help anybody who, who's interested publish a case. I see. And, and I would think that that's something that, that gives your students a lot of professional gratification, right? Uh, absolutely. We haven't had one person that hasn't said nothing, that hasn't had anything but praise for the whole process and a, and a real sense of accomplishment. Okay. You also have something called the Evident Coist Hub, where doctors can actually store their patient files. How does that work in your process? Yeah, so we we help. We're working with a it's a company called Evident, um, and we help design the portal as a as a place to store digital files. A universal portal. It's it's free to store any files, and uh, we've also licensed some uh, of our our digital designs for the programmers and night guards and uh, some other appliances that you can purchase through through the hub. Um, so it, it's a 
we, you know, there's a lot of different ways to move files back and forth for uh, a dentist, whether it's to a lab or a design center or for a consult. Uh, we, we wanted to establish a way to do it that's HIPAA compliant, uh, and it is easy for everybody. Everybody's got their own portal, and, and there's their own special nuances to that. And uh, it's somewhere a lot of portals require somebody to be paying for something to use it. So we're, we're trying to do it in a way that gives everybody a, a secure way to, to communicate with uh, other other professionals. I see. And, and you would need to be taking one of uh, the Koi Center's courses to be able to participate, or can any dentist participate with this? Any dentist can participate. Um, you would probably get more out of it if you had attended at least one of our courses because it goes. It has a, a place to uh, upload your photos in our photo series. I see. You know, one of the other things I saw when I was uh, checking you guys out was that you have a a healthy mouth app, which is an oral health self assessment. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So we have a a big initiative this year has been on uh, oral literacy for patients on the patient level. And we have about 100 uh, patient education articles as part of it, in addition to the, the dental survey. So the purpose of the app is people take a, a health survey, and at the end, it, it gives them a score, red, yellow, or green, on how healthy they are in different segments of, the, of their mouth. So that report can be printed and brought to their dentist. So it, it's a way to get the patient motivated to take care of themselves. They can also track their toothbrushing and flossing, and they can present that to their hygienist so they can really take control of their own oral health. So would, the, oh, I love this. I, I think that's so cool. So let's take someone like Scott and Taylor. So Scott and Taylor get a call from a patient. They've heard about their office. They want to come in. Um, would Scott and Taylor, as part of the protocol that you teach, would they say, hey, why don't you download this app and take this test and, and do all this and and would they would they do that at the beginning of the relationship? Would they do it, or would they not do it all? How would that work? Yeah, you can do it in the beginning. Uh, it, and there's also a. It, it would take the place of some of the forms that you would fill out uh, initially. It would you wouldn't have to do a dental history form uh, because it's integrated into the app as part of the report that you get. Ah. Um, so, and or or you can do it. We also encourage people to do it several years down the road or after six months if you're following a new um, oral hygiene protocol to see if your numbers have changed. Because as you go through, uh, some of your numbers will change as you start to increase your oral health. But some of them wouldn't. I you see. Know, some people biologically are in hi- are higher risk for certain certain things. Okay. So this uh, gives the dentist a really kind of a roadmap to the, the patients, not only their oral health, but maybe the rest of their health too, right? Uh, correct. You know, for example... You know, a lot of dentists know that, and a lot of patients don't, that if you have congenitally, congenitally missing teeth, not including wisdom teeth, uh, you are at a higher risk for colon cancer. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and it also, so it, it, the, the app establishes that. It just lets people know, um, you know, based on what your, 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 uh, what your uh, or, oral hygiene protocol is, you might be at a higher risk for heart disease. And it, it gives you a reading for that of, low, medium, or high risk for heart disease based on, on your oral hygiene. So that's, that's a talking point. That's a, something you can do to establish a conversation with your patient to help make a, a really big change in their life. And to me, Johnny, that, that solidifies the relationship with the patient 
to 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 say to the patient, here's this tool that we use. Here's this this app, and you know, lots of people use apps these days. Um, and and it it shows that that dentist really cares about the patient's total health. I mean, I, I tell the story. I've told the story on this podcast. That it was actually a dentist who diagnosed my sleep apnea and probably saved my life. And um, I sleep with a CPAP and I've gotten used to it and uh, it, it has. And, and dentists uh, and, and, denti- and, and, and to, to those of you listening out there, and, and the reason that I wanted to, to, to introduce you know, uh, Johnny and the Koi Center to you is, is because you're, you're not about just fixing people's teeth. You're about a better a better life, a better health, better relationship, uh, better self-esteem, and, and, and being a better clinical dentist and understanding all the research and all the reasons you're doing what you're doing is going to make your practice better. It's going to make your, your, your enjoyment of your practice better. And I always say, if you take care of people, the money will come. So you don't want to, you know, money is never first in anything that you do in a profession. So, you know, th- this is just just really cool stuff. You, Johnny, you also have an alumni support organization called the Harbor, and alumni support and inspire each other and other doctors. How does that work? Yeah, this was created by this was a, a grassroots project. This was created by other other members of our of our group, our our tribe. Um, the idea of the Harbor um, is a safe place. You know, forget the. The, the treatment planning, the, the occlusion, the, forget the, all the, the other pieces of a practice of focusing on growing a practice and fixing a practice. What if you just need somebody to talk to, say, hey, my practice isn't doing well. What, what, what do I do? Where do I go? Or, uh, I, you know, I have a, a health problem and how do I transition and who can help me, who can help my patients when I'm not there? This is, these are more of the softer points. So that's what the harbor was built for. I see. Now, again, can anybody be a member of the Harbor or it's only people that have come to the Koi Center? Just for the center. This is because these are the, the, the dentists that would help you are also alumni. And it, it's, it's easier for them to, to step into your practice and help when they know what system you're using. So you're, you're getting advice on this uh, website, on, on this blog, I guess it would be called, uh, from the best of the best. Not even just a, a blog for advice. You can you can talk to somebody. I see. So let's say somebody's got a really difficult case, and uh, they want some advice of you know how do you handle this or how do you handle that. Do you use that for uh, this? No, no, it's not. It's not for clinical. Support. Oh, it's not for it's clinical. For, okay. Uh, it's just the soft, the softer side, or you know, I have a I have an employee that um, I'm not happy with. How should I approach them? Or, I see. Or, you know. It's, it's, it's stuff beyond that. Do, do you ever have uh, professionals in the dental field get involved in this site and give advice on certain things, or is this just dentist to dentist? We do. We have um, webinars. There's there's hosted uh, webinars with them uh, where we'll have professionals come on and give uh, non-clinically based uh, tips. Super. Well, we might have a conversation about that later, so we'll see. Uh, I'd love to do that. So. Uh, in the last couple of minutes that we have to talk, Johnny, and by the way, this is fantastic information. And, and guys, you got to call the Koi Center and just just go to a course, just see what they're about. And um, I, I will tell you that I have dozens and dozens of clients in our CPA practice, and we talk at our ADCPA meetings. I'm getting on a plane 
well, tomorrow after this taping to go to Dallas to go to our ADCPA meeting and we you know we talk about uh, Dr. Coyce and and, and the, the the marvelous work that, that that he and Johnny and their whole team does um, and and just again, the more that you can learn and become proficient and and really start to get it, uh, the better your life is going to be, not only in your practice, but 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 outside of your practice. So talk about dentistry. I mean, I know you, you've been, you know, four and a half years with the Coit Center, so it hasn't been a, a long, long time, but you obviously grew up in dentistry. You, you, you couldn't have avoided that, right? Co- correct. It was, it was always around. It was always around. So, and I know that obviously you talk to your dad on a regular basis and you talk to your brother, sister-in-law, all, all the all the people that are in 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 the weeds in dentistry, and how, how has dentistry changed in the past ten or twenty years from what you guys have seen? Um, you know, it's funny, even more so than the last ten years, even the last two or three. That you know, historically, the dental community has been one of the slowest to adopt to changes in technology. Really, but over okay. the last two three years you've seen an explosion in technology where that's your, 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 your digital scanning, your 3d printing, um, your, uh, your, 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 your guided implants and your CBCTs and the facial recognition, the, 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 the facial analysis software, all these things are, are additional tools that a dentist has to learn how to implement into their practice in, in some way, or just at least be familiar with where, you know, previous generations, it's the same thing over and over. It's, there, there wasn't a lot of uh, change in the in the way that you actually do dentistry. I see. So, so the technology. Yeah. So, uh, Johnny, talk about the team, the dental team. So, um, Dr. Rice uh, says, I'm going to start going to the Koi, uh, the Koi Center. Uh, or Dr. Wiederman starts going to the Koi Center. How do we get the dental team to buy into your system and how important is that? And, and what does the dentist have to do? Talk a little bit about that. Uh, sure. So one of the things that we, we recognize and, and respect is that the dental practice is a team and the dentist is just one of the members of it. And it, it, to, to be successful as a practice, you have to get your whole team on board. Uh, so we recommend just like anywhere else, if you're going to be making a change in your practice is you start slow. Um, and we recommend with just even as simple as our medical dental history forms of asking all your new patients to fill out a medical history and a dental history. Uh, that's the first place that we recommend people to start. Start with something slow and, and start with something that the rest of the team can see a measurable uh, change in the practice. I, I would think, Johnny, and I, I'd love to hear your comments on this. I would think that, you know, we have dentists who have team members that are excited to come to work every day, that love to learn new things, uh, who would just eat what you're doing for lunch. And then we have other members of the team who basically show up, their bodies are there from eight to five. Uh, That's about it. So implementing all of these changes in the practice, I I would think kind of weed out the good, the bad, and the ugly on your team, doesn't it? Um, Yeah. It, it can. It, it depends on what your practice is. We always try to um, hire for attitude. We, we believe oh that my most God, of that's... the other skills can be uh, taught. Um, but a lot of times when you do changes like this, you know, by just praising the, the, the good and, and shining a light on, on everything, good and bad, um, some of those team members 
you know, that, that maybe weren't so excited start to become excited. So, you know, we, we, we believe that that's something that can, can change over time. You know, at the end of the day, the, the dental practice is establishing relationships with people for 25, 30 years, seeing them twice a year. And you start to build a, a kind of relationship with all your patients. And we think that's something to be excited about. Are, are there any opportunities for dental team members to come to Seattle and take courses, or is it only doctors? We, we do. We offer our, our alumni uh, to come back and, and sort of color commentate. We have a separate room uh, where they can sit with their whole team and go through a course with them uh, and go through step-by-step. Step. And we also have a, a course just for hygienists. Oh, that's great. And, and, and anybody, obviously, anybody can sign up. So where does uh, it's funny I I I I've told this story too I had um the amazing Dr. David Hornbrook uh who is a uh, a a very well respected clinician worldwide uh came and talked to our ADCPA group in 2005 and I asked him in the middle of our group cuz you, you imagine uh, your your dad teaches clinical and we're we're CPAs and when I told David that he was going to talk to a bunch of CPAs, he said, I'm going to have to think about that one. But I asked him, I said, where do you see dentistry going in the next 10 or 20 years? And his comment in 2005 was, I think in 10 years, you won't see impression material in dentistry anymore. Do, have you and your dad talked or has your dad given any insight or your, your team about where do you see dentistry going in the next five or 10 years? What, what's going to change and, and how are you guys going to change? Yeah, um, we, we have talked about that. And, you know, part of this is now it's always a focus on on how to elevate the care for the patient, because it doesn't really matter, you know, how much you're, you're changing dentistry. If it's not really to the benefit of the patient, there's only so much traction you're going to get. Right. So we, we talked about that. That's where we, we kind of focus now. And we think that as patients become more aware of some of the other opportunities, some of the other uh, options they have. The, the, they will start to dictate some of the changes um, that that the practices have to start uh, enacting. Do you have any new courses that are going to be coming out in the near future, or is it pretty much the same continuum that you've always had? Uh, well, same continuum in, in terms of uh, concepts, but our courses are updated every year. So every time you come, it's always the most up-to-date information. So we always say that we will change if the research changes. I see. Oh, that's great. Well, we're just about, Johnny, at the end of our time. And, and, and thank you so much for your what you guys do at the Koi Center for Dentistry. I, I mean, you know, we get dentists who come into my office, Johnny, and they go, oh, the PPOs and the insurance companies are this. And then I look at a Scott Rice and I say, you know what? This is still going to be there. Dentistry is not going the way of medicine. It won't happen. It hasn't. If it would have happened, it would have happened already. And doctors, you have an opportunity to make your practice and make your life the way you want it. And and to and, and again, I am not doing an ad for the Koi Center. I don't need to do that. They are so well respected across the country and across the world. But you 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 really focus on continuing education and focus on being the best possible dentist that that you can be. Um and you, your life will be better. Your practice will be better. And every doctor that I've talked to, and again, whether they 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 become a, a mentor of Doctor Coyce or, or or one of the other wonderful continuing education groups uh, in the United States or around the world, all my doctors who focus on CE are just doing better. So, 
Uh, Johnny, any last pearls for our audience? And then I'll let you give out your contact information one more time. Um, well, th- again, thank you very much for the kind words. We really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, my dad and I and the rest of my family, we feel very fortunate uh, to be in a position where we can help so many people. And that trickles down to the, the patients as well. Um, my, I, I don't really have any big pearls as, a, as I'm not a dentist other than, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> being organized and following a system is something to, that you can always rely on. That, that's right. That's right. How, last question. How many dentists have come? Do you have uh, a number about how many dentists you've uh, worked with over the years that your, your dad and your team have worked with? Oh, there's been thousands of dentists that have, have come and taken at least a course at the center. And we've had about a thousand dentists that have graduated. Wow. That's amazing. Well, doctors, uh, this is as good as it gets in dentistry. I, I would encourage you. So, Johnny, one more time. How would anybody get a hold of you, uh, the Koi Center? Um, they want to find out more information. Uh, why don't you give that out one more time? Sure. Uh, the, the website is www.koicenter.com. Uh, you can also call. And, you know, the staff here always joke that, that I'll take any, any calls. You can call and ask for me. The number is 206-621-5310. Uh, and we're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. Well, I'll tell you what. If you have tickets to the Seahawks, because I've been dying to get to a Seahawks game. I'm a, I'm an L.A. guy, but um, I, I, I've, I've always seen the, the, the 12th man and all that kind of stuff. I, I might have to get on an airplane, come up and visit. Uh, and maybe I'll sure, just take one, one of your courses. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Johnny Coyce, thank you so much for your time, your expertise, what you and your whole family and your whole team at the Koi Center do for dentists. We want to help our doctors be better and to help their patients. The number one objective, I talk to dental schools. Uh, I speak to all the dental schools in Southern California. It's, folks, the number one thing is how can we help our patients have better health, better lives, better relationships, better self-esteem, it's not about just fixing teeth. It really, it's a lot more than that. And I think that's the case. So Johnny, thank you so much. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, um, uh, I want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are so excited about what it's doing again in the next couple of months. We're going to have some very exciting news about the podcast, which I, I will share with you. Um, if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, California, 714-259-0505. Email me at artweederman at gmail.com. Go to our website, www.hmwccpa.com. Go to the resource link. Go to the podcast link. Uh, This podcast will be up in late October, and you'll be able to hear it and get all the information about uh, Johnny and the Koi Center. Uh, And if you are looking for a dental-specific CPA anywhere in the United States, please, please, please call... um, uh, call. I'll be all right. Go to our website on the internet. I have heard of the internet, really. I, I'm not the most computer literate person in the world, but I do know how to get on the internet. www.adcpa.org. Click on our members link. Click on the map. It'll tell you where the closest ADCPA member is. I guarantee you, if you ask any of our members, uh, have you ever heard of Dr. John Coyce and the Coyce Center in Seattle? They will start talking about it because we all we all know what uh, Dr. Coyce and Johnny and their whole team do over there, and it's just amazing. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the Art of Dental Finance with Art Wiederman for this episode. It was really fun. I love doing these shows. 
Uh, And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 